and welcome to Minute 42 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action film, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Travis Bowe of Marvel Events Timeline. Welcome back to the show, Travis. Thank you for having me back. Well, why not? You know, <laughs> well, well, just, I don't want to be the one who has to go tell Carl, you know, what happened. <laughs> fine i'll tell him okay you do that <laughs> so minute 42 begins with hans having a, a realization and ends with a shot from above of mclean riding on the roof of the elevator so as we ended things yesterday you know hans fritz and alexander happened to come across a dead tony dressed up for christmas uh, hanging out in in the elevator <laughs> with a little bit of holiday cheer on his on his uh, shirt. Yeah, and basically Hans and Fritz are trying to figure out uh, what's going on. And Hans goes, he starts this this minute by saying, "No, this is something else." Mm. Uh, it's very perceptive of of Hans. Yes, to just to kind of immediately figure that they're not dealing with. Or, a, a security guard. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I I like that also. I like the fact that you know Fritz Fritz's idea is a good idea, but he doesn't know how much planning Hans has gone into this whole thing. I I've, sure we, I've discussed this with with earlier guests. You know that that we can tell that Hans has compartmentalized all of the information here. He is the yeah. only one who knows the entire plan. I mean, even Theo doesn't know the whole plan. True. And yeah. and Carl doesn't know the whole. I mean, nobody knows the whole plan except for for him. So I mean, if something happens to him, he's you know it's not going to work. Right. He's got everything planned out here, and therefore he knows how many security guards are supposed to be in the room and, or in the building. And he also knows that this is something else because this is not something a a I guess you could say lowly security guard would do in yeah. in Hans's mind. You know, it's it's something else, and it it couldn't also just be someone from the party right you know there's there's something strange here yeah the uh the joker in the dark knight is uh when he plans that you know that heist that we see in the beginning of dark knight like he's the only one that knows all the steps of of everyone that he's going to double cross and everything so yeah so are you saying that hans is the joker or that the joker is hans uh yes Okay, well, which of them do you think is a better villain? Ooh. Because I've seen a lot of lists, and the two of them are always at the top. And it's a debate as to which of them is considered the better movie villain. Man. I'd say the Joker's more ambitious. And the Joker, for as much telling everyone that he doesn't plan things out, like, he... Everything, every detail in that movie, like he planned down to the, you know, the nth degree. Um, whereas Hans is, is is a little bit more upfront about it, although he is, I guess, disguising this whole plan as a terrorist uh, plot. So maybe not. Um, I don't know which one's more. Joker's more interesting, for sure. Well, I, I think they're both very interesting. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. So, all right, we'll 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 leave people to think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> could could go either way. 
which which again is probably why you know there's so much debate online as to which of the two of them is the better villain yeah because they're, they're also they're, they're they have lots of differences but also similarities between the two of them right you know again we don't know anything about the background of either one of them <laughs> yeah you know anything that the joker tells us we know he could be lying or he could be telling the truth and with hans we don't know anything about him except that he used to be part of a terrorist organization that no longer wants to have anything to do with him yeah. <laughs> that's all we know so who knows who knows yeah. we'll have to we'll have to wait and see maybe something will, will come up later on and then as this is all going on we hear a woman screaming in the background saying oh they're gonna kill us which which i never caught until you know watching it yeah minute by minute and uh you know looking at the the the, the dialogue you know in the everything that and the subtitles and i was like wow i never even noticed that because it's something yeah because we're I... focused we're focused on hans and and uh and fritz talking yeah you know so we don't really notice that someone else just screams that you know just out of nowhere yeah you know and maybe it's the same woman who screamed yesterday who uh you know who who was just hired to scream i don't know don't know they said okay we don't want to pay someone else so you just scream and then a few seconds later you'll scream oh they're gonna kill us and that's it you know maybe that works that way yeah. you know stag stag rules you know <laughs> <laughs> who knows so then the um you know as the two of them are, are having their discussion all right will we get to see i mean first of all the two of them are, are talking in german so we don't really know a partially i mean throughout this movie you know the terrorists switch languages quite quite quickly you know sometimes they're talking in german and sometimes they're speaking in english you would think that they would all speak in english because they all are from apparently different different countries and they all speak different languages so there's no like common language between them even though we know that a few of them are german so that right that, uh, you know but then again, okay, if there are a few that are German, so the ones that are German are going to speak to each other in German. But then you would yeah. think that they would always be talking to each other in German. Yeah, I think in moments like this where he's he's exasperated a little bit, he's you know maybe not. Uh, he may still have to. I don't know what it's like to just fluently speak multiple languages, so I don't know if there's ever like. If you're stressed, then suddenly your brain isn't trying to translate what he has to say. So I, I just assume it's a byproduct of being in this moment of kind of stress and having to worry about Carl and, and things like that. OK, there is something to that. I mean, I, I, I am bilingual. You know, I speak okay. both Hebrew and English, and, and sometimes I will have – uh, words come out while I'm speaking a different language. You know, I'll be speaking English yeah. and I'll throw in a Hebrew word and I wouldn't even notice. You know, I've done that sometimes in recording also and it's really funny to me because, <laughs> you know, because whoever I'm talking to just doesn't notice that I did it sure. because they don't understand what I'm saying. And I listen to it afterwards and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that instead <laughs> of saying something else. And sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be talking to someone in one language and without noticing, I will just speak the other language also. Okay. You know, and, and it happens when, you know, mostly when I'm tired or I, I wouldn't necessarily stress because, you know, thankfully, thankfully as, as a, you know, someone who, who has movies all around, uh, around the clock to, to, to keep me, you know, un, un stress free. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but, yeah. So. But maybe during moments of concentration, yeah. maybe when you mm -hmm. slip into one or the other. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
definitely makes sense. And at this point, we see the the grates of the elevator. Like the, the again, we were talking yesterday about the cinematography. It's a great fluid shot that the yeah. you know the the camera just pans above their heads and hits the grate above them, and then it goes through the grate basically, so that we can see on the other side, and we see that that McLean is is standing or crouching on on top of the elevator itself. You know, he's Very listening and watching. Yes. And and I love the way they do this because on Friday when we saw him push the buttons and, and you know, send the, the elevator down, we don't 100% know that that's what he's – that that's part of his plan. Sure. That he's about yeah. to, you know, jump on top of the, the elevator in order to listen in on, as to what's going on. Yeah. It's a nice surprise. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They do it really well. And then we, we have uh, the – then they switch back into English, I guess, for, for our benefit. And so we, we hear, you know, John is listening and we hear as he's hearing, we have to do something, Hans. Yes, we do. We have to tell Carl his brother is dead. Tell him to come down. And then Fritz takes the the walkie-talkie and goes, Carl. And we hear Carl say, yeah. And then they speak again in German. And then we hear Hans turn to someone else. And he goes, Franco, you and Fritz take the body upstairs and out of sight. So, again, Franco wasn't even around. I don't know where he is. <laughs> he must sure. be on the other side of the room. Somehow he showed up, you know, uh, around there. And and then the 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 next line is just great because what Hans basically says is, I don't want the hostages to think too much. Huh. Okay, what do you I think that means? That. Um, maybe he doesn't want too many of the hostages thinking that there's hope or that they – that obviously that they don't have things under control. I mean, he literally was just talking about control and now this is kind of spitting in the face of that. So Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree that that's probably what, what he's referring to there. It it makes a lot of sense saying he doesn't want them to think too much about the fact that, that it's possible to kill one of us. Yeah. You know, that, that as you said, there is hope. You know, keep the hope down. I don't know. Right. Right, but he's he's even in this situation, he's still very calm, and his collective, you know, is, is he doesn't he doesn't get stressed out here. He's not screaming. Obviously, I'm assuming he's a little disappointed that he's lost one of his men, but he sure. he doesn't have an emotional connection. Yeah, he's not overly concerned. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's, he's more worried. More, he's more worried about how Carl's going to respond. Not exactly. Not how he is. I mean, uh, yeah. we, we've touched upon this a little bit in the past that the the big question is, and we, we don't know the real answer to this, is, okay, how did this group get together? Is it that Hans decided to, you know, hire all these mercenaries to be with him? Are they people that he worked with in the past? You know, has he worked maybe with Carl in the past and Carl knows some of them? And, you know, the, how did yeah. it all come together? You know, they, 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 too bad they, they missed a great opportunity for a prequel, you know, to <laughs> yeah. to put them all together. Yeah, I definitely get the sense that Hans and Carl have probably the most history out of any of these guys. Maybe Hans, Carl, and Tony, and then the, the rest of the guys are all just hired mercenaries. Right, and and I'm I'm not sure where Theo would fit into that because on the one yeah. hand, on the one hand, Hans, you know, is is very um, informal with Theo. You know, he's yeah. not like he doesn't act as if he's a superior in in a forceful way. 
You know, like sure. in the line that we had a few weeks ago where he said, uh, you do know how to how to break the code. And he goes, well, you didn't bring me here for my charming personality. Right. But but we still get the impression that, okay, Theo doesn't know the whole plan. Because if he yeah, did, he doesn't he, even know, you know how that last lock how that is going to get, open. yeah. get opened. Exactly. Which, which I don't know, if I, if I was a a lock picker or, or lock breaker, whatever you want to call what, what Theo does, you know, I, I would be concerned as to how the, the last lock is going to go. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're going on a, on a, on a mission or a job or whatever it is, you, you want to have confidence that, you know, that, that everything's going to work out and not just the assurance of Hans, but maybe again, maybe he knows Hans from the past and says, okay, I know I can trust this guy. Right. If he tells me he knows how to do it, then, you know, I'm not worried about it. I don't know. But again, even in these circumstances, he's unemotional, which works. Sure. You know, there's no emotional attachment to, to Tony from from Hans's perspective here. And then we, we get a shot of McLean and we see that he is basically he's, he's got a black Sharpie. It would have been nice if he did a red Sharpie because then we yeah. really know where, where that came from. But he has a black. Right. Sharpie. Well, actually, the fact that he has a black Sharpie, I think, tells us that he found, you know, a group of Sharpies. So maybe he yeah. found a red one also along with it. There you go. A rainbow color. The Sharpie of mystery has been solved. That's right. <laughs> now I, I really like this bit of business with the the list of names that he's keeping on his arm. Uh, I like that there's a, a tally. Yes. You know, he's keeping count of I think just how many uh, terrorists are here, and then yeah, he's starting to write down their names, which I like. It, they don't make a big deal about this throughout the movie except probably later when probably the first conversation i think that uh john yeah. and, and hans have and, mm -hmm. and john essentially lists everyone's name that he yeah. is now aware of just to kind of show hans you know some of some of john's cards right so i really like that uh right. this little list Right, business. and and he he marks down on his arm. He has six, you know, he has uh, you know four uh, four lines with a line crossed through them, so that's five. And then he has a sixth one. So he he basically has yeah. counted off six terrorists here. Now, based on what you know, okay, who do you think the six people are that he's referring to? That he's seen. Who has he seen up until now? He's seen Tony, and now he knows. Hans and what's the long hair guy? Carl. In the oh Fritz. Um, Fritz. So he's definitely seen those three. They've spoken about Carl. So that's four. Okay. Um, I don't think they've said any other names yet. Um, I'm trying to remember where he's been at this point because he's been in the oh he uh, I think he's seen. Oh, the big guy from Ghostbusters 2. Yes. Okay. He's seen him through a doorway. Maybe That's right. He saw, two he saw, of him. Him, he saw yeah. him with Fritz and Marco when they were you know, going through the, the rooms. Yeah. Okay. He saw, he, I know he opened one door and saw some people with the missile launchers. There you go. Okay. So, so, so I, I just, I'm up to eight. Oh, He's well. counted eight, but he only marks off six. Okay. Unless some of the guys were, well, I don't know if. Any of them were the same people in two well, locations. Fritz, I guess, Fritz was in two times. locations, which I didn't. Okay. I didn't uh, count him twice. Yeah. So he has the, the, two, yeah. the two that he saw in the hallway. 
Okay, the the the, the two that he saw in the hallway pulling people out of the rooms, two that he yeah. saw in the hallway with the rocket. Okay, then we have Hans, then we have Carl, then we have Fritz, and then yeah. beyond that we have Tony. So we have a total yeah. of eight so far huh. that we can count. Yeah. So. Uh, Possibly maybe. he's not counting Tony because Tony is is dead. He's out right. of the That's equation. True. He doesn't okay. matter at this point. Right. Uh, I don't know. Right. Okay. No, but it's it's uh, it's interesting to think about that of, of yeah. how how he's counting them because it's also possible that that he doesn't remember if you know who he saw before is it the same person you know because sure. we know he saw yeah. Chris twice so is he referring to him once is he referring to him twice you know the, right. You know, he's he's in a stressful situation. So for sure right. he's trying to think to himself, okay, well wait a second. Did I see this guy before or not? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, this is the guy this, with the brown long hair is... or this is the guy with the blonde yeah. long hair. You know. Right. <laughs> it's a list of confirmed yeah. uh terrorists, I suppose. Yes, exactly. And then we get a great shot of the, the elevator shaft. Which again shows how complicated all the mechanisms are uh, in in the elevators, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we we see, you know, we hear another elevator coming down as this one starts to 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 go up, which is also great. You know, he has no control over where he's going. He's he's on right. a you know he's apparently on top of the elevator that that Franco and Fritz are now taking to go do something with Tony's body. Okay. Right. And then you have I the was, other elevator reason, coming was, down with Carl. Okay. I was – in my head, the elevator only goes up because Carl's coming down. I, I'm sure that's not how elevators work. You don't have to have one counterbalancing the other to – There, there are head, some that do, but but not, not in this case. Sure. So I, as I've always just watched this, I just have always assumed, oh, one goes up because the other one's coming down. And no, and so I'm thinking, are it's Fritz and the dead body still in the elevator? That's weird. But then, yeah, you're right. It uh, Hans has told Fritz to take the body upstairs and out of sight, dispose of it or whatever. Just, just throw them up. So, the sure, yeah. we don't need yeah. it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that makes a lot more sense than just what I have. Yeah, I always saw this as a as a weird like. Uh, cause and effect with uh, Carl going down, but right. yeah, it makes a lot more sense that they're purposefully going up to, to dispose of Tony. Well, that's the fun of doing this movie minute by minute. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. learn new things that you didn't think about beforehand. Right. And, and then they do something very strange here. They give us about 30 seconds of the elevator, you know, moving. Yeah. And you'd think that that when they're editing something like this, they would they would cut it down. But mm. I I think they they do it because and it's very effective in the way that they they want to show us how first of all how integral the elevator shaft is to this whole movie, and they want us yeah. to see it. They want us to see, you know, how the inner workings of the elevator shaft work. In order for later on when John is back in it and you know jumping back and forth and trying to. To, to stay away from the elevators that are coming up or going down or whatever, you know, things like that, that we now have, you know, had these 25 or 30 seconds to, to keep it, to, to have it explained in our minds, I guess you can say. Sure. You know, 
And as the elevator is, is going up, once again, we get a great cin cinematographic cinematur how, do you, how would you say that? <laughs> um, a great shot. A great yeah, shot. that's a tough yeah. <laughs> a great shot. Some good photography. Yes, where it's it's a shot from above, and we see John coming towards us. You know, and he's looking down. He's not even looking up. And you know, that's basically how this minute ends. So is there anything else you want to talk about in this minute before we get into the script? I don't think so. I think I'm pretty good on this one. I do I guess I this this kind of applies to anywhere, but I do suppose that since John and Hans are physically as close as they've as they've been to each other so far, um, it's nice that they the whole like keeping Hans hidden. You know, keeping his face hidden so that John doesn't know who he is immediately yeah. later. Just hears his voice. Yeah. So it, it's easy to overlook, I think, but I do like it. Yeah, I think they do a great job with that also. So the the script has has some some nice explanations and descriptions that that uh, help us understand things a little more. First of all, instead of McLean writing on his arm he writes in a weather-beaten cop's notebook hmm. right and it says the first notation is number of hostage it says number of hostages holly plus 30 odd <laughs> then it says number of terrorists with a question mark and as we watch he adds three question mark one in lobby question mark two plus with hostages question mark question mark plus one on uh 87-h roof three hmm. So again, it's less effective than having him write it on his arm. I think it's yeah. great. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out if it actually still appears on his arm throughout the rest of the movie. I, I assume it doesn't. We'll have to to wait and see. And and then he he writes on his arm Hans equals leader. Sorry, he writes in the notebook. Uh, Hans equals leader. Carl equals brother. Use this question mark. Huh. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, it's it's it, it's effective, but yeah, uh, you know, with, yeah, it, it, with it being a notebook, it's fine to have that much information. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad. I like the your, your arm is only so big; you only have so much room and time to to lay out all this stuff. So I like how succinct it is. Right, and also, I mean, arm. why would he have his uh, detective notebook with him? You know, he, yeah. He basically emptied out his pockets, and you know, he's walking barefoot. He's not wearing not wearing a shirt. Like, why would he still have the detective sure. notebook on it? So it it and it also it shows more how streetwise he is. The fact that he's mm. you know improvising on this on the fly by having a sharpie, you know, and marking it down on his arm. Yeah. You know, and then uh, they have a great description here about the the elevator shaft. It says on top of the car, listening to the conversation below. Franco and Fritz step into the car, and the doors on the elevator close. The car accelerates upwards, and McLean grabs onto the heavy, grease-coated cables to keep his balance. Already his clothes are soiled. His face and feet, arms and hair are dark from the dirt and sweat. The car speeds up the shaft, passing the car, bringing Carl down to the hostage floor, and stops at the machine floor. The doors open, and McLean hears them roll the chair with the body off the car. McLean then looks up. So again, it, it's very descriptive, and 
it gives us more information about what's really going on here, which is great. Yeah. Every Tuesday, we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where either myself or my guests will give a little uh, story, anecdote of an adventure, misadventure, or something that might have happened to one of us, uh, somehow related to the holiday season, any holiday, you know, all year round. So what have you got for us, Travis? Um, yeah, this is a... Uh, I remember uh, one Christmas, my parents were wrapping wrapping presents, you know, and everything was in boxes. So there wasn't like any reason to keep it hidden from me, um, me and my sister. And I offered to help uh, wrap some of my sister's presents. And they said, yeah, go for it. It's it's that pile over there with the, the green ribbons. Um, my parents weren't big on like, putting name tags on every single gift. And so they said, yeah, go ahead and wrap the, the – or finish wrapping. They were already wrapped. Um, so I started taping the hell out of all of my sister's gifts and like just really, you, you know, going after, I think I got shipping tape, you know, so it's even harder for her to open. <laughs> um, and then come to find out Christmas morning, as I'm starting to unwrap the stuff, all of mine are very tough to get open because they had <laughs> told me I was wrapping my sister's stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was, I, I, Pulled a prank on myself, so. Well, you didn't pull a prank on yourself. Your parents pulled a prank on you. Well, yeah. Because they they made you believe that it, that it was your yep. sisters. So. Be careful what presents you you tape with shipping tape. Yeah, just instant karma, you know. Yeah. That's true. So. Makes yeah. sense. All right, great. You want to tell people uh, once again where they can find Travis Bow? Sure. Uh, check out, uh, I did one of these Movies by Minutes podcasts called Watchmen Minute, where we went through the director's cut of Watchmen, of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, one minute at a time. That is uh, fully completed. You can listen to all 186 episodes of that. Just search Watchmen Minute just about anywhere. So there you go. Okay, and I, I first want to actually mention, uh, I have mentioned this up until now, that if anyone looks at the logo for this season, Travis mm. very kindly helped me create the, the, the logo. I, I sent him something and he told me it was crap and, you know, <laughs> made something new. So that that's great. You know, I'm, I, I'm not good at these things, but apparently Travis is much better. So if you look at any of the logos, you know, they're, they're, they're Travis made. So thanks again to Travis for those. Uh, no problem. All right. Appreciate it. I, I want your listeners to know I did not say <laughs> your original <laughs> looked like crap. Well, you said it. You said it in a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that you said it directly that way, but that's fine. I, <laughs> I, hey, I, I wasn't. I was trying to make it easier for you, but, uh, you know, if if you didn't think it was aesthetically looking, so I guess it was easier for you. It's easier on your eyes to to, right. <laughs> to spend the 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 extra. I don't know however long it took you to to make it. You know, to put it together in, instead of having to look at what I what I tried putting it together. So, <laughs> whatever. That, that's fine. I, again, I take no offense, and and I appreciate it. I'm I'm thanking you. I'm not, uh, you know. Oh yeah. I'm not being My facetious pleasure. about it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> all right. And finding me is very simple. All you do, all you have to do, is a quick search anywhere for Move Your Up Minute. You can find me on my website, which is moveyourupminute.com. You can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. So, until tomorrow, yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay! 